Hello and welcome to For the Love of Mary, a podcast series that tracks my journey to finding the relationship between the Virgin Mary and the position of women in Ireland. It's told through the conversations and stories shared with some of the most amazing women on this island. My practice as an artist is very much founded in the idea of gathering the stories of women and this project was no different. Supported by the Arts Council of Northern Ireland, SIAP Award, I was able to travel to meet with women, research the ideas that came up in our conversations, document shrines, all with a view of getting to the bottom of why she's so prevalent in Irish culture, and from that create new works of spoken word and poetry. I had no script, no questions drafted. So what you're about to hear are all very much responsive conversations. I hope you enjoy this journey just as much as I did. Don't forget to share and subscribe and thank you for listening. Hello and welcome to episode 15. This is the final episode of this series of For the Love of Mary podcast. In this episode, it's not so much me interviewing or having the, well, I am having the conversation, but it's not, it's, it's not so much in the way that all of the others have been in that this this conversation I get to have with my favourite woman in the whole the whole of existence that's my daughter um and she gets to she gets to ask me I I passed it over to her to take control of the conversation um and it's so it was two days before she um, left for university and it was our last evening together before um, before that and and so yeah it's steeped in emotion um, we're real privileged to be able to do this this podcast um, when I when I knew that the conversations were going to be um, were going to become podcasts when I'd made that decision I knew that the last one had to be done in this way and it had to be there was no other there were the, the, there wasn't any other woman that I could imagine that I wanted to have this conversation with other than my daughter anyway I hope you enjoy this podcast. I hope you've enjoyed all up to now and I hope you continue to enjoy this one. Anyway, I'll catch you on the other side. Cheers. Okay, so I'm taking my headphones off. We're recording. Okay. This is your show this time. Oh, that's weird. Um, For context on anybody that's listening. You should be doing this bit. Well, I you've been doing Sorry. this bit, so you did. <laughs> no, it's like you're the one that's supposed to be doing the intro. Okay, for context, anybody that's listening, I am with. I'm gonna turn this around anyway. I'm with my daughter, and um, this is Chloe. Hello, Hi. Chloe. Um, Chloe is. We're doing this now. We're not quite at the end of the project, but we're doing this now because Chloe's heading off to university on in two days' time. Mm. <laughs> and 
and I'm 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 something of a broken kind of mess of it all. Um well yeah I suppose like in terms of like we we're looking at Mary and Mary's sort of the motherhood thing and um I, I can't not that I can compare myself to the Virgin Mary because <laughs> well for a very obvious reason but uh but, but yeah I thought it would be fitting to have the tables <laughs> I'm doing all the talking <laughs> I thought it would be fitting to have the tables turned and I suppose the one woman that I really really want to have a conversation with is is you so yeah there uh forewarning to anybody that's listening there will be a <laughs> lot of tears throughout this um hopefully tears of of like fun and hilarity and um oh i'll get a couple of those thrown under the mix somewhere we always do <laughs> we always do yeah so right i'm going to pass it, the floor over to you and we're also bad making <laughs> um, so you have to do the fun activity we're trying Heck. to do the fun activity and there's a fire in the background so we can hear it crackling and shit like that crafting that. as we go uh-huh. that's what we're that's what's going on that's set the scene we're in our we're in my living room I should take a photograph I should totally take a photograph of this setup. so have a look on Instagram there will be a photograph on Instagram of somewhere the setting <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, continue. Chloe, over to you. <laughs> um, well, I guess. I don't know. I'm doing like weird selfies and there's no cancel microphones. So I'll just click all the mental buttons. Badges. That's that. Anyway. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, well, I guess I know we've had this conversation before, but um, I suppose it's probably good to for this to talk about what you wanted to get out of this project. Ooh. 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 Nice. Nice question. Um... I guess we're, we're swamped at the moment. We're 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 surrounded by um, pro-choice um, badges that we're making for a rally. And I suppose as a feminist, and very much a feminist activist, and I use my I use my art in that activism. And part of my fem- part of that feminist journey has been capturing the stories of women and. And I think that because Mary is such a huge icon and um, so entrenched in Irish culture that I wanted to I wanted to look at what that meant to women and what the stories of women were because we hear men's stories all the time mm-hmm. they are everywhere men's stories get told it gets so much space. And, and women's stories are forgotten 
And if we don't capture them, if we don't sit down and we don't talk, we lose them. So this was a way of looking at bigger questions, asking bigger questions, getting other people to ask questions mm. and listening to the stories of women. And also fascinated with the idea of what is the big deal with what is the big deal with the Virgin Mary, like you know I grew up, I grew up as in a very lapsed Protestant background. Like my neither one of my parents were particularly mm. religious at all. Had the I guess the same upbringing. Yeah, actually, because you would have wanted, you wanted to go to mass, you wanted to go to church, you did have that, and I was the same. Mm-hmm. I went to Sunday school. On I, I was curious. I wanted to know what what was the big deal with the man in the sky. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, but I'm not me. It's not. It's not. I don't know if it's the same. Like my parents just were totally apathetic to everything. I mean, my grandmother would have been. She would have been in the church, cleaning the mm. church every Sunday, and and actually my cousins and my you know my aunt and my cousins and they're very many, yeah. but um they would they would do they would do that sort of thing. They would be in the church, cleaning, and yeah. looking after the place. Well, my grandma's passed away, now, but mm. um. But yeah, I was a, I was a, an awful curious child. But yeah, so we, we didn't like I, I, the Virgin Mary wasn't a big figure. She wasn't. But there were little things along the path, and actually, this project has really unearthed those mm. little things along the path. Like I thought this was just going to be other people's stories, other women's stories. Yeah. So I was like, I don't know, I don't know any stories around the Virgin Mary, but no, but it's, no, that's brought up stuff about. In your life too. Yeah. Like she's been in there lurking in the background. Mm-hmm. And, and now she's in the fireplace. Actually lurking in the background of this. She is. <laughs> yeah. In um. a much more physical form of an altar. Uh, it's been a bit crack, like. Um, You've been doing this, what, a year two? Uh, year and a half? Well, it started to July... 2017 was mm. sort of the the bit where the where the crack started. Uh, I was fun. trying to think about the, the light up Mary whenever. Oh, that was last year. It was before Edinburgh Fringe. I thought you. Because it took me to go to Edinburgh Fringe. Well, that's right. Because I was in England and you you showed me the picture of it and I was like, oh my god. <laughs> Please, mother, no. Mm. I think I think yeah. It was oh god no was your response. Yeah. I think that was... People are going to think I, they're religious. Yeah, I, I know that's what I said to you. I think it's more of a... I don't know. My own lack of religious belief that I'm like, I can't stand the idea of having like religious iconography in the house. Because, you know, I have other people I know that have that in their house and I'm like, why does it need to be there? But I guess this is kind of I've got used to this now. But it's a very different thing. Like she's okay. Aside from the weirdness of um, you know that she has been stripped of any kind of womanhood, which I think is fascinating. Mm. Um, like she's she's sort of devoid of any shape really. 
Yeah, she's just kind of... She's sexless. Yeah. Or being unsexed in sort of like Lady, Lady Macbeth style. Only without the murder. Only without um, the murder. But yeah, mm. she's, she's been unsexed and she's... She's not a man, but she's not feminine. She has this. She has very soft features on her face, um, and depending on the artist, there's <laughs> um, more ridiculous than others, and um, and the quality. Uh, I find that, the, but like if you look at different cultures, like different cultures of, of like that have Catholicism on the fringes of their culture, and you know she's she's a feminine figure. She's like. A, a, I just think you know, she's fe- the female, the, the representation of the female and this idea of motherhood. And also, I kind of think that I kind of feel sorry, I really feel sorry for her. I want to give her a wee bit of. She's I want to so, give you a hug. Hi, <laughs> she's had so much shite placed on her shoulders. Mm. I think this project is really unearthed that. Like, the thing that shocked me was that there was so much. I I kind of I knew in my head that I would be I would be meeting stories of um anger and pain and hurt and I I knew that that was going to happen because obviously the things that have been done to women we're not blind to them we've seen them and as as feminists I'm very very aware of the the atrocities that have been committed to women committed on women and in her name like with her lurking in the background as this figure like reading through doing the research and reading through the, the, the research the in like on sort of like the Catholic outlook she is considered as the most appropriate this is the language that she's the most appropriate role model for women mm. She doesn't get to have sex. She doesn't have any of the fun. Mm-hmm. She has a baby. She's a mother. She watches her child, like she protects this child, flees to Egypt, does all of this stuff, watches him grow up, gets all concerned when he disappears, hunts him down, finds him, continues to protect, watches him like all go off and and go off into the desert and starve himself and even though that was a tradition he took it to the extreme and you know she has to put up with all of this and watch this as a mom and then she has to watch him die watch him suffer be tortured and then be murdered all these people all these people that flocked around him all these people that gathered there and listened and none of them not even his supposed friends, his his disciples, the people that were following him, that set out, that pledged their life to him. Mm. And she has to watch him die. I can't imagine. And then we and then we have her we have this figure now that is so removed from that. That she used to beat women up metaphorically speaking and sometimes physically mm. as such it's used to critique and ridicule and I think oh my goodness if, if I was Mary 
be so angry. You know? Yeah. So yeah, I do. I kind of want to give her a hug. I mm. give her a wee place to live, hang out in a rather irreverent household. Yeah. Which is what we are. What we are <laughs> from here, so. away from the religion. Here you can. Yeah. You you can see. We, this will be a place of sanctuary for Mary. <laughs> so, so yeah. Um, yeah, this. So the project has thrown up stuff that. I wasn't I was not prepared for. Yeah. So what kind of what kind of things? I I wasn't prepared for because that's my that's my outlook of her and the response being that that's not how we, we were taught to see her. We were never taught to see her in that way, mm. to see her as that figure. Um, I think one of the stories that really, like, thinking back over the podcast, over the, the previous like stories, things like the, you know, like young girls that, uh, first communion age and then young girls being picked to get to wear their first communion dress for the processions and that like pitting girls against each other that seems to always be there and, and Mary's an example of like we're pitted against this image of a woman that we'll never ever match up to and yeah. we're always taught to be hanging on this not ever good, good enough to be I, yeah, the lack of voice of women, the lack of voice of Mary, the lack of choice, that having to accept things blindly and endure things because, well, you know, that's your position. Um, Talking with talking with Katrina and her saying about you know like being in the mother and baby home and her compassion was just like her compassion just threw me for a curveball <laughs> I totally got me for sex but her saying about you know having her baby taken over she was very lucky she got her baby back three months after and her daughter they yeah. have the most incredible relationship um but that that idea of you give us we've taken your child so we're giving you a set of rotary beads in exchange that that's the value and then like researching the mother and baby homes and looking at that and seeing that it wasn't just like it wasn't just a catholic thing it was a pro it was very much in the protestant church as well and i remember my mom telling me stories about you know how you were sent off to a relative somewhere down the country to look after yeah. and, and i found an article in the newspaper that was talking about the an article that was um, about an advertisement that was Bonnie Baby Boy seeking good Protestant parents and it was stuck in the, it was in the classified ads mm. and it was stuck right next to tractor for sale mm. 
and I just think the hurt, the hurt that has been done on this country, the hurt that has been done on so many women. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I remember just yesterday we studied um, dancing with Melissa, and one of the characters in it, Chrissy, she she had her son out of wedlock and um they and her sisters instead of sending her away to one of these homes they they kept her there and but i guess it, it's kind of well it was i don't know i don't know how to well it was nice to see in that situation that she had the support of her sisters i guess it's kind of It'd be hard as well because you're confined within your home and everyone in your village knows of like what's what's happened and that kind of the shame that was put on women and you know yeah and we still carry so much shame mm. you know like I mean you you and your, your brother I mean you know I was 16 whenever I had him and you know, early twenties and I had you and um and and out of wedlock. <laughs> totally totally did everything your your nanny used to say, did everything or about face. <laughs> um uh, ever the rock star <laughs> Um but yeah, like you know, and I've I only think like if, if for Jonathan for Jonathan for being pregnant with him like if that had been twenty years earlier, mm. I'd have been in I'd have been sent off or I'd have been totally disgraced, you mm. know. Um, but and the idea of people like that sort of fear if you didn't if you didn't send send. Your, your daughter off like to your mother and baby home that you know the shame yeah. um, and like the nearest one to here so like there wasn't there wasn't one in Derry no. it was Newry and Belfast <laughs> Newry, Lisbon Newry, Newry yeah so it was definitely way down the country it's far away quite far away yeah Far away place from, you know, to send a woman away from her home. Yeah. And, you know, within what, like, inside those walls. But, like, then there are, you know, we went to, we went to Kerry Town. Which <clears throat> probably, out of all of this, it's one of my favourite stories. Um, we went to Kerry Town, we met this, we did the... I guess so it's like this really ramshackle little bungalow like it's just it's like a little cottage and you drive you've got to go up like a back like kind of basically you're going up over like a field like a, <laughs> a road on a field or well, like a pathway on a field uh, and there's there are signs for Kerry Town and it's done it looks it's a white sign with black writing and I swear it looks like somebody did it on and, and laminated it and put it up it's got a wee cross on it it's, it's very <laughs> it's so the antithesis of knock mm. 
which is big and grand and all very shiny and and stuff <laughs> this is um like when you go into the wee cottage it's hilarious so they have toilets and we obviously everywhere i go i need to um, i have like that travel thing <laughs> of oh my goodness i have to bladder of a child bladder of a child yeah um so we went into the bathrooms and um Tom and went into the men's and he comes out and he's like there's carpet <laughs> there's carpet in the men's not it was tiled floor in the women's but carpet in the men's which kind of defies any sort of logic but he was saying mm. if he was any way in any way taller he would have been his face would have been in like a whole sort of like um load of cobwebs his oh face God. would have been just like in cobwebs um thank god for shortness <laughs> yeah thank goodness for shortness um but like and all of the statues um all of the statues so you, if you get a chance to you can have a look and see the photographs somewhere um somewhere on, <laughs> somewhere online buried deep um probably on my website check it out um to be a shameless plug um yeah there's like all of these old statues and the most but it's like the most amazing collection actually amazing mm. collection of paintings and different different styles and and sort of Mary's that I haven't come across before um like the there was one of the ascension and it's a really beautiful painting um of like her sort of being taken into heaven and um yeah just like a strange little place probably got down we got down there and um we were doing the usual like documenting photographing the grotto bit and um the wee sort of like mm. bits and pieces around the shrine and they have pews laid out it's all it's all it's all set outside and there's no real shelter there's a wee, there's like a shack that's there that's like full of prayer kind of cards mm. um and lots of grief and sorrow and people that have passed away um but um yeah they these the, the pews and there was this there was an old couple sitting on the pew and the woman was talking to another woman that was there and I was taking photographs and so one woman moved on and walked off and then the old woman she was like do you do you come down here often? Do you like it down here? And we started talking, and I was saying, you know, I'm doing this project, and she was mm. like, oh, I could tell you some stories. So, you know, not wanting to miss out on an opportunity, I went, ah, oh, would you? <laughs> would you mind if I recorded it? And she uh, said, oh, oh, I don't know if I'd like my name mm. attached to it. So, like, you don't have to give me your name. Like, if you're comfortable with me recording it. You don't have to. I don't. I don't need to know your name. So I still don't know the phone's name. And, uh, <laughs> so she she agreed. She she um she was very happy to take part, just as long as her name wasn't mentioned. And so I legged it down to the car, grabbed the recorder, and came up. So now it's not the best recording, but it was done outside, and it was mm. oh, it was fine. But she told me this amazing story. I say amazing in that you know. The amazing part of it was, so you can hear it, it's like it's gonna be one of the other podcasts. But basically she told me about how how devotional her and her husband are. Yeah. That part of their life together and what they do together 
is that every Sunday they get in the car and they go to a shrine huh. and they have a set like a set number of shrines that they really like and that that's what they go and they spend their time doing that's, that's really lovely isn't it yeah and part of and it's and it's part of the the journey for them is the who picks the shrine and mm. who decides where they're going and some like part of the story that she was telling me was of like that a, the year the, the story was that a year ago she left it down to him she said it's your Sunday you can decide where you go I, I don't mind you pick mm. and he mentioned some other shrine and she was a wee bit disappointed because she really wanted to go to Kerry Town but it was his pick and she didn't want to say she wanted to let him have it yeah. so um, so then they were driving and they got to like the point in the road where they should have turned to go to this other place and he decided no and he said I think we should go to Kerry Town she was like oh thank goodness for that <laughs> really wanted to go so they went to Kerry Town and they met this um, young woman that was there who was at a really low point in her life and you know they talked to her and she talked to her and um and the bit that I took away from that was that she she found comfort in a figure in in Mary and going to this place that is you know for Mary and in her devotion and her um, strength and, and, and this faith and this love that she has, she was able to be there for a young woman who really needed it. Mm. And I think that's lovely. Oops, yeah. So whatever it is that you need, whatever it is that a person needs to get out of that, you know, I think the taking comfort thing, um, if that makes you be active in being a good person, hmm. well, then is that not lovely? Yeah. You know? Um, and you can kind of sort of separate all of the other potential, uh, mm. I mean, you know, in the grand scheme of things, I am but a speck of dust in the size of the universe. <laughs> So it would be utter arrogance for me to say what is or what isn't. I just think that when we as humans start arsing around with stories, and excuse me, we create stories and like a whole mythology and a whole backlog of information to in order to keep a section of society down. Um, and in a particularly horrible place, then that's when it that's a problem. Yeah. So yeah. Mm. Just relentless until. <laughs> Don't okay. I, I, yeah, I easily can sit and listen to you talk about stuff. <laughs> Conversations always take a really like. They, they, they take unexpected turns but anyway there's always really nice stories out of them 
or blossoms to be learned. Yeah. I can see glitter on my nose. <laughs> <laughs> There's a, a considerable amount of glitter all around the place. It's the glitter herpes. <gasps> what? <laughs> I said that to you before one time and you loved it. No, but I'm recording this. Um, okay. Yeah, so that should just give you an idea of our relationship. Our, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I guess like... Um, yeah, and I never, I didn't, I definitely wasn't prepared to be, because um, I wouldn't, I would never have been very open about being from uh, from a unionist background. Yeah. Um, and, <laughs> and I suppose like this project, um, like I, I never talk about it in, in my poetry, I never, I never mention it. Yeah, there's no need to. Well, that's... It's, it's been like a section of my life that I boxed off and it's always, it was always that thing of like, you know, my name is Bradley so I can kind of get away with things and, mm. you know, it's it's an ambiguous name and it doesn't really raise too many questions. Um, It's whenever people go, are you related to? And I'm like, oh. I'm the most unrelated Bradley, Bradley ever. in Derry. Um, There's so many of them and it feels like none of them are related to. No. No, exactly. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, um, there's some that I wouldn't mind. Well, I mean, it's just yeah. Um, <laughs> but then, and then it's like, oh, what school did you go to? And that's <laughs> that's always the that was always the panic whenever you were growing up. Somebody asking you, what school do you go to? And um, so now I, I just say my school doesn't exist, which is true. Neither one of my Neither. schools exist. No. Uh, anymore. Um. I have these really really vague memories and I can't remember if it was still there. was there like a, a barracks type set up around the Rebel Arts Centre uh, in your lifetime I feel like I have really vague memories of it I can't remember when the tower was actually taken down, but it was quite a while after the yeah, after the rest of the because I like, like after yeah. after the Good Friday Agreement coming in, um, it took a while for those things to actually happen yeah. for the, the the tower to come down and things to be released and opened up. I do feel like I remember the tower, and um, I don't know if that's just that I. I've seen pictures, or but I, I do feel like it's vague enough that it's a memory. Yeah, like when I was a child, you could go up, you could go up the steps of the courthouse. We used to. Yeah. We used to go up the steps of the courthouse. Um, when I was going to primary school, um, <laughs> um, and actually on my way to primary school, the Richmond Centre was not was was in construction. Um, yeah, that. Those kind of things are like mad to think about of like how much how much places have changed. Like there was one day me and Jonathan sat and we were talking about like um Foilside and like where all the old shops used to be and like Foilside opened the year he was born. So Foilside is the same age as your brother. (laughs) Yeah. I yeah, we just we sat and talked for ages and like just like complete nostalgia trip of like um like the old MS and um 
Probably. <laughs> <laughs> it was just that you said about like um, Richmond Centre not being there or mm. like it being in construction and it just reminded me of like just how much things change and you kind of forget and then you look back and you remember of like oh my god all these things and it is amazing to see the changes that have happened in the city mm. like it is amazing to see the changes that have gone on and the growth and the development and the sort of um like how relaxed the city has been. Yeah. I mean, obviously, in recent times. We've had a bit of a stir up again. Well, yeah. Um, in ways. And that's a whole conversation, another whole other conversation for a whole other subject. Um, podcast, maybe. Um, but, like, I think the thing that, the thing that sort of, like, there have been little bits that have come up through through doing this, through doing this project, mm. like things of my life that I didn't realize still hurt, mm. and like thinking about my first ever grotto and you know having the conversation with Eve about. You know, like yeah, the joke is that we, you know, it started with Muckish Mountain and mm. yeah, Mucky Ferry, and and we still do. We have a wee cart, and we, and if we can't stop for a wee kiss, we took the horn. Um, and, uh, Does she really just say cart? Yeah, we stop for a wee cart. Uh, what? That's what it's called. That is what it's called. Mm-hmm. That's what's called. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, we stop, we always we always stop. And you know, like and like going off down the country and kind of going like what is the crack with all of these blooming statues and <laughs> grottos and stuff? And Muckish was not my first <laughs> she wasn't my first virgin. Um <laughs> uh, she, my first grotto was the one in the Brandywell and it was moving mm. into the Brandywell and it was after so it was pre-Good Good Friday Agreement and it was after the like 1996 after Drum Cree and you know the riots that were happening in the city and yeah realising that that's a massive part of my story and it's probably something that I don't usually talk about very much mm. um, but the horror of that idea of like not of having to flee your home and I suppose particularly given the world around us and what's been happening and um, looking at other people and looking at other countries and you know I don't I don't want that life back here I don't want that mm-hmm. you know I remember the consultation I remember getting the information about the Good Friday Agreement and that hope that sense of hope mm-hmm. um, but yeah living in the Brandywell and I do remember I do remember, like, I was there for a year and the terror of being in this, you know, being this... My my dad, my dad was in the RUC. He was an orange man, like, yeah. he, he had a sash, the, all of that. And he stopped doing the orange parades when he joined the police, for obvious reasons. Yeah. And, um, and I remember as a child being told, like, you know, you couldn't tell anybody what your dad did. Mm-hmm. And if there was a special event happening in the city and they had to drop down, because you never ever worked in the place where you're from. So if you yeah. were from 
dairy you would usually be strabane or cider mills that was kind of well that was him he was he was always strong on cider mills mm. but um so yeah i remember him sitting down and showing us his gun and talking us through like don't touch this this will kill you yeah and and growing up with that and you know we had like this cabinet where all of my my mother my grandmother always bought Royal Albert uh, bits and pieces, <laughs> tea set, whatever, trinket boxes, plates, whatever. <laughs> and they were all on display in this cabinet along with, um, there was like a whiskey decanter and glasses. Mm. But in the corner, down in the bottom shelf on the corner, there were these like two massive rubber bullet or plastic bullets. Yeah. My dad kept as like a trophy mm. in there. And you know, the having that as a part of your childhood and then and then having to move into the, the Brandywell, like having to move from then, you know, from we lived in the fountain and mm. I moved in with your nanny and we lived there for a while and then dad and I moved in together and then we had to leave um, and we, we got a place, we, we eventually got rehomed in the Brandywell and it was like one world, <laughs> taken from one world and put into another and just like the shock of, oh my goodness, <laughs> yeah. oh there are people talking to me and um, they know my name <laughs> and um, that slight terror. And I think it was the year after we'd moved in, the next door neighbour. <clears throat> there is a there is a link to Mary in this somewhere. Um yeah, then, I remember yeah. It's yeah. The next door neighbour knocking on the door and coming downstairs and being too like oh, And uh, she was like, You've been here for a year and you've never had a drink with your neighbours. You get up the stairs, you put something on you, you get out <laughs> here. And have a drink with us and I went out and it was all the women from the street and um there's this one woman and I was Mary this and Mary that because that's her name and she was like she stopped me dead whenever I said Mary she was like there's only one Mary and that's our lady my name is Murray Murray <laughs> <laughs> that was it like that was it and, and and I was like okay I'm so not gonna be able to do that but all right you told them but I just remember that there's only one Mary and that was our lady. Um, yeah, and like passing the grotto and the Branduel always, mm. every day having to pass it to go because um, we lived beyond it. Yeah, I remember there was, I can't remember why we went down to it, but I remember there was one time in primary school and we went down to the grotto like a couple of like classes and we went down to the grotto stood for ages saying the rosary and but it's quite a like I do not that I have a problem with it it's a lovely grotto it's It's just it's the having (laughs) to stand outside for however long it takes and just yeah to say the rosary when you're a primary school child, that is not what you want to be standing doing. I I, I, I totally understand this. Um, 
that's that is a fair enough suppose thing um I mean, it was like, bad enough your your first communion and you guys were off saying adultery. Uh, that's right. And I was like, no, I'm I'm, I'm not. No. <laughs> I'm not going with them. I will I will totally support her from in here. Um, yeah. But um, to be fair, when that happened, I mostly just like walked around, looked around me, squinted because the sun was blinding me. The sun was particularly strong on that day. It was. Most of my outside First Communion photos is me trying not to squint, but like my eyes were hurting so I couldn't help it. So there's kind of like a raised eyebrow oh, thing going there's, on there's one and a squinty you, eye. And I'm like, like uh, yeah, yeah. It's just brilliant. Um, um, <laughs> oh God. But yeah, yeah, no, I mean, like, I, I found out that that grotto came through research. It has its own Facebook page. Would you believe? Oh um, God! But that it would be a dairy thing for a grotto to have grotto its, own Facebook. its own Facebook page. Oh. Um, that grotto, um, actually, it does look like an eye. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, that grotto actually has. I like what you did with glitter and the other one. Thank you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that, that was or was it? just looking at the badge that has like a woman's vulva and I'm just about to say the word erected <laughs> um, and my 12 year old boy brain just went <laughs> um, yeah so the, the, the grotto in the Brandwell was put was, was constructed better, um, better choice of words better choice of words was, was constructed to as a thanksgiving Right. In Thanksgiving for the city surviving World War Two. Huh. That's interesting. Isn't it? So like <laughs> Well done, you survived. Here's Mary. But it was just that the people themselves put this yeah. up, like and, and well, I mean the, the people that like put it up they're they're named on the thing. Mm. But like I thought that was really quite interesting that it wasn't it wasn't during the Marine year, it wasn't, you know, mm. any of that. Kind of crack. It was in Thanksgiving for the entire city, and if you think back to the forties, things like you know the gerrymandering that went on, the wards being like the voting wards being mm. kept quite closed, and you know um, the lack of housing and the lack of jobs, and for a Catholic area to have erected a monument in that like in that way for the city yeah. as a thanksgiving for the city surviving that's kind of it's kind of extraordinary so i thought that was quite ooh, wow interesting so she was my first she was my first realistically well she was my first marion shrine grotto mm-hmm. um that I ever came across. And then of course you and May is the month of Mary and all the bluebells in the back garden uh, pulling them up and creating this lovely Mialto for yourself. Because Mary loves blue. There was something about bluebells in one of the songs. Yes, yeah, I think so. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that is one of like yeah. 
There was, yeah, I think there was ones. some child logic, and I had no idea that they were protected. Oh, I just saw pretty flowers and was like, "Ooh!" It was total child logic in the same way that you stuck your hand into the fish tank to see if it was wet, to see if the fish were wet. Oh, that's what I told you because I couldn't think of anything else, and Dad was very mad. So I, I just wanted to see what the fish felt like. Ah, <laughs> if the fish were wet, I mean it's child logic, and it's totally like totally reasonable. Um. Uh. Anyway. But, um, yeah, so, I don't know, how long have we, what have we, um, here? I don't know. Have we been here very long? Yeah. It has been a while. The last time I remember was... Ah, 45 minutes. Okay. What do you think, do you want to leave it there, or do you, is there anything else you want to ask me whilst we're here? Um... I don't know. End it with a funny story. <laughs> End it with a funny story. Um, well, I was going to tell Okay. Funny story. I know I told you already, but I thought this would be funny for the podcast and all the Marys. Um, <laughs> but when I saying about the rosary and the, oh my God, having to do the rosary and for primary six and primary seven, teacher insisting that we did the rosary three times a day. Oh my God torture but then um devising a way to, <laughs> to be able to count the rosary of doing it on my fingers and crossing you know hands held together and crossing my fingers as we went through each of the marys or each of the marys each of the hail marys and uh i swear i was always accurate but then sometimes somebody would finish early and it was just a ah, they they did a sneaky <laughs> but yeah and that was like no I've been counting that's wrong but yeah, you know you finish early you finish early you're not going to complain no <laughs> um Funny stories or funny. wonderful insights. Um. So, well, I love the fact that I love the fact that you know, um, that that friends are sending me pictures. And your Marys. Yeah, and and people are people are giving me Marys. So yeah, um, and people are following, like the the posts about <laughs> about Mary and um the Mary journey. The Mary the Mary journey, um, which is quite quite. It's lovely and it's quite interesting and um, and who knows we may eventually get around to putting up the website that we said that we would do, um, which was the thing that started all of this. So we said that we would um it would be great if we could get people to send us their. So I'm putting this out there, like uh, bugger, I'm gonna put it out there. So we would love to have. The, the, so the joke was that we were in, we were in Mayo. Uh, two years ago and I was quite baffled by the shrine culture and why there were so many shrines about the place and like in weird places and sometimes at the end of people's driveways sometimes mm. in their gardens uh, very odd yeah sometimes just at, like on a weird part of the road like on a fork in the road or like you know just 
like that if you stopped mm. to pray you'd get hit by a car you know mm. that kind of weird sort of places um and they just seem to be about the place and i started looking at them and um and and thought wouldn't it be wouldn't it be great crack if we could just like try and map out the best <laughs> shrines in ireland now in, in fairness to eve eve has been documenting quite a lot of shrines and mm. she's got like over 200 of them documented now um and uh which i think is amazing but like the plan was to get people to send us their shrines and we we were going to call we were going to call the website rate my virgin <laughs> that's like rate my meal too well yeah. Or, yeah so it was kind of like that we were going to create that as a hashtag so like that we could one through controversy get interest but also then to have like a total total innocence behind it that mm-hmm. it wasn't anything really bad it was just that we were fascinated to find out and mm-hmm. um and i think because john anthony's trying to learn like he's trying to learn java so he wanted to like be well, he's not trying to learn Java. He is learning Java. He's like, he's on the second part. Anyway, um, uh, so we were trying to come up with something that would generate an app, like that he could create an app for, that he could do something for. So, yeah, this was, and also that I would get an art project out of it. So it started as a joke and then took on a very serious, um, after meeting with those women, after doing the International Women's Day project in Fukara, um, and meeting with the, those amazing women, um, I, I knew I wanted to talk to women in the south of Ireland a lot more. I wanted mm. to speak to women, particularly women from a rural back, rural background. The fact, like the, the 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 other sort of series, the the archive that I have, the the women that were fa- the factory girls were all from a rural background as well. They were and they were amazing. Their stories were fantastic. Um, and I think particularly those those stories get lost. So yeah, I I just um, I'm one of the women they were talking about. You know, she had passed away and she was a stalwart of the community and she'd done so much for the women in the community. Mm. She wasn't originally, she, she moved like later and that apparently she had been through a mother baby home and nobody knew. And I think mm. it was, I think if I'm right, the story was that she, after she had died, the son that had gone, had mm. been given up, had come back to find her. And it was at her funeral and he introduced himself to her children and nobody, 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 like nobody knew anything Mm. about it. And that, you know, she took her, she took her pain and she took her anger and she did something for women in the community. Mm. And that struck me as that, yeah, there are fucking awesome women that... And there are really fucking awesome women that I know. Mm. And if you listen to all of the podcasts, any of the podcasts, like, you know, Mary Scally was probably the, the woman that inspired me to do, 
to do the interview to, to interview women because I wanted to find out more about women wanted to uncover their stories and wanted to learn about them uh from the like there are some some of the women a lot of the women that I've interviewed um that I know are women that I've been itching to sit down with mm-hmm. and get a conversation with for a very long time so this was yeah this was really good it's a really good way of doing that Hmm. Um, and like yeah some beautiful highlights you know I loved Abby's story of like sitting having a fag with Mary on Armore Island in the apocalyptic rain hmm. um, because she'd been rained out of her tent and, and she had to ship three or four hours to wait for another ferry and she couldn't get shelter anywhere else so she huddled up with Mary in a grotto so that's like one of the first podcasts. Rosemary telling me about you know being five and going on the annual pilgrimage, and this was a highlight in her mum's calendar of going on the annual pilgrimage to Knock. Mm. Um, and just that real beautiful innocent child story. Um, Kathy Shields, fucking awesome woman, and her total and utter hate like hatred but at the same time if you see any of her posts on facebook she has everywhere she goes she takes a selfie with mary (laughs) everywhere she goes um but you know total like anger at the catholic church and she's like i spent i spent um i was at mass eight times a week oh god yeah once a day and twice on sunday oh yeah awful i know um, so yeah, so rightly so, I, I can understand why she would have such a, such a vehement disdain mm. for the church. Um, uh, who else? Um, Michaela, yeah, awesome. Her ta- talking about, you know, her talking about the nativity play, but then also her mental health. And that was like, that was such a freak kind of, whoa, what are the chances? You know, her saying about being... She had been in Grancha yeah. and been in the room with a woman who thought she was the Virgin Mary. And it was like, oh my God, my mum, like your nanny's story of like when she, when I was born and her being sectioned, my dad having her sectioned and her being in the room, the woman in the bed next to her being, thinking that she was the Virgin Mary. And the reality is the mental health system is so shit that that woman is, has probably been in and out of that institution mm. for a very long time. So it probably was the same woman. Probably. Yeah. Um, which, you know, again, that's, you know, looking at that woman and the shit that's done to women, like the shit that women go through. Um, so yeah, that, that, um, what other highlights? Siobhan McSweeney, <laughs> um, Sister Michael. Not as Sister Michael though. Siobhan McSweeney telling me about, you know, um, asking Mary not to visit her because <laughs> it was ruin her day. Priceless. Flipping gold dust. Mm. Um, and again, her like total anger at the church. Sarah Hearn, fucking awesome woman. Um, she is Gilgore. Uh, and so she's she's gonna help me with the piece that I want to write 
in Irish. Yeah, yeah Sarah. Um, so she's going to help me with that because my Irish is not that skilled. Um, uh, but um, yeah, and, and her trying to get out of the church, like trying to get away from the Catholic Church to be like excommunicated from the Catholic Church and um, yeah, yeah, it's a really hard process. In theory, she could just say, like, she, she has, but she's, she's kind of like going through this process and she's very much, she's very much a pagan at heart. And, mm. But what wasn't discussed in, in the actual podcast is that every, I think, I'm not sure, I think it's on her mum's side, every single person in her family, boys included, mm. have Mary in their name. It's like middle name. Mary. Weird. Yeah. It's a lot of Marys. It's a lot of Marys. So that kind of devotion, and when she was like saying about leaving the church, their their response was, "What about Mary? Like she's different, you know." So, I mean, she is. She is. She is. She she's she's awesome in a lot of ways, and pretty 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 fucked in a lot of others, and I feel for steal her away from the. Steal her away from the church and leave her as a, a feminist icon instead. I think she should be a feminist icon. I think she should be. She is. Yeah, I think she should be um, an icon of the shit that women have had to endure and yet still fucking here. Mm. Cannot be put down, cannot be put away, cannot be forgotten. I think that. Um, that is a Mary that I really, yeah, that's a Mary I, I totally would get behind. Mm. So, yeah, as, as the final podcast of this series. Yeah, I, I think that's what I'd like to see is. I'd love to see Mary reclaimed mm. for womanhood and, and given a human mm. story. Yeah. I think that's a nice place to end it. Yeah. Thank you. Um, thank you so much for doing this. You're very welcome. I am going to switch off now because I'm probably going to start to cry. Oh, I can see it happen. <laughs> I can see it. I can feel it happen. Thank you for listening to this, the final episode, episode 15 of For the Love of Mary podcast. Massive, massive thank you to the Arts Council of Northern Ireland for their support. I can't stress it enough. I know I've said this in every podcast. I can't stress it enough that without their support, I would not have been able to take this project on. I wouldn't have been able to meet with so many women and I wouldn't have been able to share their stories in such a way. I hope you have enjoyed listening to the stories as much as I have. Thank you to Chloe for making this final episode so special. Thank you to every single woman who shared their 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 lives, their stories, their their love and their heart with me on this journey. I learned so much from you. Um, the stories have all been gathered, and from their from the stories and from the conversations, 
collection of poetry has been written. Massive thank you to Eden Place Art Centre who have allowed me to show the exhibition of work where these podcasts have been able are, are you can listen to these podcasts there and see the poetry. Keep an eye out there will be a For the Love of Mary show which will take the take the words that have been written and um, be a one woman show to sort of take you on my journey so keep an eye out for that that is still to come up get up ahead um do like and share keep keep sharing this out there um these stories are amazing and they should be they should be shared um and if we get if we get enough support maybe there'll be a series too i would love that um yeah thank you for sharing a year of my life in this podcast form and um i will catch you soon hopefully thank you so much <laughs>